Uh, all right, welcome everyone. I think the original I had written it down a month ago. It was Humble and Fred's gift of Kelsey's Christmas. Something of that nature. Dan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it sounds okay. Sure. That's not enthusiasm. What kind of meeting? We're in a meeting right now. Well, I don't know. Let's use the, you know. uh, Okay. I'm going to write Kelsey's Christmas thingy. How about that? I'm sorry? We keep... Dan, speaking, Dan, why is it as soon as we hit record, you, you no longer are interested in speaking into the microphone? No, I'm sorry. I, I was I didn't have anything to say at that point. I was thinking about it. Uh, it was something like uh, Humble and Fred's Kelsey's Christmas thingy. How about that? There you go. If we keep saying Kelsey's, do you think people think Taylor Swift's coming? Hmm? I don't understand that. You know, her boyfriend. What's her boyfriend's name, Kelsey? Football play. Yeah, yeah, that's his last name, Travis Kelsey. Um, Travis Kelsey. I mean, the 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 Christmas thingy. That's kind of you know old school humble and Fred. All right, let's just call it humble and Fred's gift of Christmas at Kelsey's. How about that? Okay. Or humble and Fred, humble and Fred's, humble and Fred's. No, just Humble and Fred's Gift of Christmas at Kelsey's. Because it's always been something to do with the gift of Christmas from Humble and Fred. And we just incorporate Kelsey's into it. Gift of Kelsey's Christmas? Humble and Fred's Gift of Kelsey's Christmas. That's exactly what I said three versions ago. And you were like, uh-uh, maybe it's all right. How about we call it the thingy? So Humble and Fred's. Okay. Humble and Fred's. Gift of Christmas at Kelsey's. How about just make it simple? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's a winner right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Dan doesn't like it because it doesn't. Well, have he'll the- argue, da- ha- uh, Howard, for the sake of arguing. You know, Dan. <laughs> Dan will. Dan doesn't like it because it doesn't have thingy in it. Well, <clears throat> it's fine. Let's go with that. And then we can, you know, get the graphic artist to start. I just don't know what your objections are to make it something simple. And here's the other thing about that. It's easy to share in social media. Okay. You know, and we can say to people, tell others, you know, they have an opportunity just to hang with us at Humble and Friends Gift of Christmas at Kelsey's 2023. The ret- or the return of the Humble and Fred Gift of Christmas. We could put that in there as well. But if you want to go, you got to get in because they're going quickly. And at some point, we have to cut it off. So, you know, passes are going quickly. So, so how, yeah, that's a good us, point. No. We were just talking about that before we hit record that we've already gotten, I, I would say, a quarter of the room filled. But So, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Subject line, something to do with Kelsey's. Or if you want to make Dan happy, put Kelsey's thingy in the subject line. And uh, then we will confirm with you in the next week or so once we get a a tally as to how many people are going to be there. But we do have some announcements on the show today as to who is going to perform or whom is going to perform. We'll get to that later. Also, uh, Freddie said you had the uh, we're going to talk about the list of Apple's most streamed songs for. 2023 yeah i'm just gonna give you the top yeah well, okay we'll, we'll get to it because that that in itself to me is the story for us you may surprise me but i don't know uh also i've been saving this story i'd like to get to there's 
I may have mentioned it. There's uh, a couple interesting money stories. You know my people. But the amount of money that dead celebrities makes has always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we were talking quite a bit with Larry Fedoric, a award-winning podcaster, about the Now and Then Beatles offering. And it's interesting, you know, John Lennon. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. It's interesting. How much John Lennon is still making? And uh, how much money Elvis was... too, right? Oh, yeah. And how much yeah. money was spent in Canada on Black Friday? That's coming up. And uh, But we're going to get Dan to start the show because, you know, we, we went completely the opposite way a couple times the other week where we were heading to start the show for like 40 minutes. You mentioned social media, too. I got a social media story tied to the NHL and how vicious and dark and ugly people can get right out of the box. Yeah, I saw... Yeah, I'm when glad you know when there's no basis for it. I'm glad you're going to bring that up because I just sort of passed by that yesterday. I just I was, didn't really, you know, sometimes things go on in social media. You, you sort of see the headline or you see that there's a controversy about something. You're like, ah, I can't be bothered. Well, you know, well, I can talk about it later. Yeah, I'll talk about it. I, rem- I remember back in the 70s and 80s, some reef, leaf rumors you heard. But again, without social media, it was just not everybody heard them and the person involved wouldn't be super embarrassed. But now with social media, it becomes a thing immediately. And it just hurts people. All right. It just hurts. So maybe what what I like about this part now, Dan, is that Fred and I are taking these precious pre-Dan moments to tease what's coming up on the show. And these things are are coming up rapidly. What's that, Fred? Tease me, baby. Mm. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, Dan, do you approve of that as a programmer? Yeah, absolutely. You know, talking about what you're going to talk about is always a thing that they do. Yeah. All right. And one last thing I wanted to tease is that there's been a rash, apparently, of animals ex- escaping on planes. And I'm all about that. Like the snakes on plane kind of thing? You'll have to stay tuned, Dan Duran. Hey, okay, that's exciting. For this episode of Humble and Fred, being broadcast to the world from our mobile state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico, from a well-equipped basement facility in Brampton with a new tablecloth, and a street-side porch in Stratford with 10 inches of snow on the windshield. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who, when traveling, use the Senior Center Zoom call for their workout. It's just like Peloton, but you only need to buy a chair. It's the hosts of Aging with Energy, Humble and Fred. Yeah, I don't think we spent enough time yesterday. Well, we did quite a bit of time. But recognizing that... At this year's Bob Callahan Senior Center's Awards, I'm guessing our friend Fred will be, you know, cited for his first responder activity with with the old guy that fell off the chair. Yeah. Humanitarian award. Exactly. Yeah. You'll be there at the Bob Callahan Senior Center's uh, annual dinner. 
they'll be they'll be saying, "Who won it this year? That young guy that comes in on Mondays. You know that <laughs> real right. young looking guy. Yeah, <laughs> that kid. And I don't say, I don't say that because I'm young looking. I'm just saying comparatively. <laughs> no, they'll say who who won it. Oh yeah, I think it was that kid from uh, up there around Mayfield. <laughs> I, again, I looked around that room, and I listen. I admit, you know, I have a long way to go to be in shape, and that girl put us through. This neat little uh, strength and stretch workout the other day, and I feel it. Doll does too in my butt cheeks and my boy. forearms. Serious, and it's like I admit it. I'm in a room with a bunch of seventy and eighty year old ladies. You know, part of a workout, and I feel it. So there you go. Yeah, man. When you're in that room, those seventy or seventy and eighty year old women just look at you like, look at that. Is that the is that the rock? Yeah. They can't, their eyes aren't working very well. They're like, who's that? Is Who's that Adonis? <laughs> Is he married? Uh, to start with, though, before we get to all those things that were uh, promoted, I also want to mention that uh, Stuart Reynolds, who I think still lives in Stratford, Dan, he will uh, be joining us. So two people from Stratford, Dan's doing some work there. Brittle Star is his name, more famously. He'll be joining us in uh, in our our guest spot because you know Wednesdays and Tuesdays we do have guests, and of course the retirement Sherpa will be hanging out with us today. Before we get into all the regular content, I want to ask you guys, and I've been, I've been thinking about this for a while. If this ever happens to you, because what I'm about to describe, when it happens to me, it's one of those personal things, these personal nature things that happen inside of our day to day lives that we don't often talk about with other people. Like, you know, when you, you chew, like you're chewing, like this must happen to Fred all the time because it does me. I'm chewing too quickly and invariably will bite the inside of my cheek or last night I bit the inside of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to you? Uh, from time to time. Yeah. yeah. And these are the kind of things. Dan, I'm sure even yeah, to the great, it. you know, we've all done. But the thing that I want to describe when it happens to me, and it happened to me yesterday, it's like, have you ever been rubbing your eye and your eyelid folds under briefly for a second? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Nope. I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? It folds. It's, it's it just like, like one eye. It, it, it almost feels for a second that your eyelid is turned inside out. To me, it feels like one of the scariest things. It's almost like because it, you wonder if it's going to stay that way. Just for a second. <clears throat> Do you know what I'm talking our mem- about? Our memories aren't that well. We've had this conversation, and I told you about my buddy Paul Manta, who used to do it on purpose. He would fold his eye. Remember his eyelids inside out? I talked about that on the show. Didn't we really? Yes, and you you had made this point before. And I know which is, I've done it before, too, and it's scary because you think, oh, will it go back? Will it go back? Bro? Okay, well, then I, you know what? I don't, and then we don't need to talk about it anymore. But I'm just in, I just, I did forget that I brought it up. Because it happened. Do you remember to me. Paul, my buddy Paul Manta? I don't. And you, I don't and, remember. And you Paul. said Paul Manta three or four times after that. As a joke. <laughs> I don't. Where are we trying to figure out who where where Paul Manta is these days? Is that one of your friends you've lost track of? Oh no, no, he was just a guy I went to high school. And he used to walk around. He could fold his eyelids inside out, and he'd look, do it and look at. Well, you. I'll tell you what. The next time, it, <laughs> the next time it happens to me, I won't bring it up because it happened to me again yesterday, and it freaks me out. Like, I just was rubbing my eye, and it just kind of flipped up a little bit. 
I, I can't relate. I wear contacts yeah. all the time. It never happens to me. I thought what yeah. you were going to say was that when you bite your your some part of your inside of your mouth or whatever, for whatever reason, I know I always do this. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it doesn't happen very often, but you go in and, and then you bite the same place again. Yes. In the same biting section. Continuously. Because, because it's swollen now. Or for a couple of days, it's a bit swollen, so you're going to watch you don't crunch it again. Um, Paul Manta is also the guy that um, taught me how to blow spit bubbles, which Delise hated, especially when I used to try and teach the kids, you know, where I can roll some spit off the end of my tongue and blow a bubble. Um, I did that for years and years and years, and uh, all hated it. Yep, spit bubbles. You should uh, when <laughs> you should when you're accepting your award at the uh, Bob Callahan, <laughs> you should uh, you should throw one of those out there just for fun, just you know, open with that. Anyone remember spit bubbles? Yeah, okay, well, the spit bubble thing when you first it's pretty fascinating when you first see it, and then I got to the point where I could do them rapid fire, almost like a bubble wand, like kids have. Wow. But again, it's actual. The doll used to say, you realize that's actual spit coming out and landing on things. And I'd go, well, yeah, I know, but it's fun. But it's fun. It's Fred spit. <laughs> you were like Scarborough Harry Potter. <laughs> I guess. Um, I okay, guess. well, I don't want to. Let, let's not dwell on it. Let's talk about this. Uh, I, let's, well, do you want to start with the music story? Or you want to start with the NHL story? Because I'm fascinated by both of them. Well, let's start with the NHL story and then get lighter. Uh huh. So the uh, Chicago Blackhawks announced that Corey Perry has been banished from the team and they will move to terminate his contract. And when a team moves to terminate someone's contract, it's, it's serious stuff. Now, the interesting thing is he had signed two previous contracts with Montreal and Tampa for about a million a year because he's 38 years old. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, a very good, gritty player. But the Blackhawks... You know, there's a not only in the NHL, there's a there's a salary um, ceiling. There's also a salary floor. Right. So the Chicago Blackhawks are um, rebuilding Connor Bedard, the number one draft choice. They got him. So they thought, let's bring some veterans in to be around this kid. So they gave uh, Perry four million dollars a year, which is outrageous for a 38 year old. But again, his track record, what he was supposed to contribute it all seemed, and then it all went into the shitter yesterday uh, because of behavior detrimental to the team and the organization. Uh, he has been uh, banished from the team, and they will move, as I said, to terminate his contract. Now, the bottom line is, and immediately people go, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? And that still isn't known for sure. But for the past couple of days, there's been this horrible rumor online that he had had an affair with Connor Bedard's mother. And this has been totally discounted. Like yesterday, the Blackhawks held a uh, news conference and they said, listen, we can't we can't give details on why this is happening. It may come out eventually. It's a privacy thing, but it it does not involve any player or their family. Mm. But I read I read some of the you know, the the rumor tweets and and they're just vicious. Like, you know, oh, Perry banging uh, Connor's mom and like and, f- and f- from there and worse. So I could, so that's swirling yeah, around. Uh, right? You know, I did see that story. And I, again, mm-hmm. as, as I mentioned in our opening remarks, you know, I saw it has something to do with the Blackhawks and didn't really pay attention. 
But I paid attention long enough to my first thought, and you reminded me now of something I saw. My first thought was that he was being accused of either raping or getting into some situation with younger women that... Do you know what I mean? That was the first thing. And, I, and, and by the way, Fred, read no comments. That was just my first thought. Right. Yeah, and you almost, and here I am repeating it. But the reason I repeat it, it's untrue. That part has been proven untrue. The Blackhawks maintain it's got nothing to do with a team player or their family. So that discounts that. I just mention it because... It just where we're at nowadays, it takes one person to think that up and throw it out there. Sure. And and then it's like a wildfire. And the seedier, the better. You know what I mean? The more people want to share it. And I haven't even looked into the fact. I don't know if Connor Bedard's parents are even still together or what that is. I don't even want to know because if they're still together and married and this, this kid is first year in the NHL with enough pressure on him, has that. But let me ask you a question. I mean, no. not yeah. not that anything is, you know, uh, you know, to be excused, but but I mean, the rumor that he had sex with Connor Bedard's mother is that worse than if it had been he and a bunch of guys were involved, or he was involved with an underage fan, or he was involved in a accused uh, sexual assault of some kind. Because, because I was going to say, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm only smiling because I, it reminds me of a story about our friend Dan. Dan who? Dan Duran. Oh, Dan Duran. Oh, this friend, <laughs> this friend <Okay>. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Dan who? Because he's sometimes so quiet. Um, you know, when when I told this story years ago, Dan was uh, hanging around with us. My brother Stephen had a television show and uh, was producing it and the the woman that hosted it and i think we were all in our late 30s Mm. and she was in her late 40s and she was great looking and we were at some conference and dan met her and you know they were both single so no big deal and then we found out later that she was a grandmother and uh, the fact that Dan had sex with a grandmother was much to, to the delight of all of us for quite some time. <laughs> that is true. Man. Now, of course, it's no big deal because, you know, you're having sex with a grandmother a couple times a year. Look at you. <laughs> Not you, Dan, him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but at the time... I'm not saying this is the same thing. At the time, it was quite amusing that Dan was the first of us to have sex with somebody's granny. I bet. But to backtrack on this now, let me address what you said about comparing it to something else. Well, to me, that's immaterial. The point of my story is it was a lie. The story that was released was a lie. That's what bugs me. So, yeah, if he had had sex with a teenager, of course, that would be worse than having sex with Connor Bedard's mother. But to me, that's not the issue. Here. No, I know. The issue it's is one, that it's, it's made It's one up. asshole sitting in his basement, banging that out. <laughs> making shit up. Making, making shit stuff up. up and then and then a lot of people have to suffer for it needlessly. So where does that and rumor come this, from? This though? kid is eighteen years old and it's like, that's my mom, guys. Like, come on. So where do you think this rumor came from? Just some guy randomly saying it or a- absolutely. Yeah. Well what if it turns out 
not to play the devil's advocate, whatever that is, uh, because there is no devil. But what if it mm-hmm. turns out? What if it turns out it was based on something? Because well, it's, it's obviously weird... it was based on something, or he wouldn't have been. But it's not based on that. I mean, it's a pretty weird rumor, though. Yeah, but listen, there's a lot of creative people out there. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of, you know, and I was reading part of it. There's people that come up with this stuff, throw it out there, and then just get a kick out of watching how it it grows. So the seedier you get or the the more, the, the bigger the lie or the more scandalous it seems, the quicker it moves. You know, human nature. And it's just, to me, it's sad. And it, there's just such an audience for that. You know, there was rumors years ago, Boris Solving, oh, yeah. Clark, and just nonsense stuff that, you know, made the rounds, but didn't have the platform that these things do now. And like within, you know, within a day, this kid now, everyone he looks at it, they think, you know, did they think that my mom, like, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. So, and you know, we may never know what what the actual story was because part of the termination, and if they pay him out or on some level, there might be non disclosure. You know how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know, but the Blackhawks maintain it is not that, and the Blackhawks have had a problem because I don't know if you're aware. Over the past few years, there was this other incident. One of their trainers assaulted one of the young players, and they and the Blackhawks tried to bury the story, and have since you know, been dragged through the mud. So now they have this thing. Well, that is crazy. I mean, I mean, and I get your, I get your point. Mm-hmm. I get your point. I was just trying to bring in a Dan Duran story at the same but time. This is, this is mm-hmm. a, like, it's the, we're in the, uh, the time of lies. Mm-hmm. Lying. Well, we it are. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. So, you know, it doesn't matter. And the, and the thing is the, um, <sighs> the, you know, the rush to tell the truth will not nearly Mm-mm. be as fast as the rush to spread the rumor. Well, I mean, look at uh, the world of Fox News. Yes. The the incident that happened at the Rainbow Bridge while we were gone, mm-hmm. where a car uh, exploded with a couple people in it. <laughs> now, just I want to get this fact right. It was, wasn't it, was it not going into Canada? Yes. Okay, so... But but for about New York plates, New York couple right. going into Canada towards yeah. Mm-hmm. It happened yeah, around, too, it, it, I think. say yeah. It was a pretty expensive car. It happened late morning, yeah. whatever day Bentley. it happened. Midday from midday till the end of that day, Fox News made it sound like a terrorist attack. And every host, I read I read a synopsis of the day, and it's fascinating. Every host, including old J.D. Roberts was pushing this narrative that this was due to the Israeli Hamas and the Biden, they were Biden's open borders. And as the hours went by and every they changed shifts and as they found out that their narrative of an, they just pushed this for a couple of, by the time mm-hmm. it got to the end of the day, when they found out it wasn't bombs, there was no bombs, there was no terrorism. They just, they barely ever walk that back. They don't go back and go, by the way, that stuff we were saying and uh, between noon and three. Well, that's all bullshit. You know, ideally, Fox News wants it to be, you know, a brown skinned Muslim 
committing an act of terror. And if that was the ultimate story for them, it would have been a brown-skinned Muslim coming from Canada into the United States. That would have been their ultimate story. They would have loved that. That's why I hesitated, because even I got mixed up on what direction it was coming. Mm-hmm. Like they, they didn't they played down the fact that it was wasn't coming into their country. But anyway, that's to the your, your point about whether it turns out to be his mom or not. You know, I mean. That's a pretty weird thing, though. It's a pretty weird. It's like of all the things. Sure, that, it is it's very weird. Terminating a guy's contract is huge. Yeah. Because you know the bullshit that that involves. You know, the Players Association will be involved now and lawyers will be called into it. And, you know, can you do this? Do you have the grounds to do this? And through that, maybe we'll get the truth. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can't see the Chicago Blackhawks holding a news conference and definitively saying it does not involve, a you know, a player and his family. I mean, that's addressing the seedy rumor that was out there. Um, Well, let's... uh, Do you guys remember this? I think this is the song. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if we played this. Dan, do you recognize this yet? Sounds very 87. Yeah, yeah. It's by a, uh, a combo known as the Timex Social Club. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. we go. And rumors. How do rumors get started? It started by the jealous people and begging Madison, something they had and somebody else is holding. Yeah, I couldn't tell you where we played this song, but. It's very hard to resist. Yeah, I don't know if that would. I don't know if that's an old CF and Y. Nah, maybe. Um. <clears throat> It starts that way, but it doesn't sound that way. Yeah. No. Maybe. Um, before Dan leaves, we can uh, maybe a little couple other stories before you get to your uh, top streaming songs of the year. Okay. I mean, there's a, I've got some audio. Maybe I'll save it for between uh, Brittle Star and Dan. You want to talk about... I don't even know if you would call it a rumor, but you talk about misinformation. And in this case, it's a hockey player, and you know it's upsetting, I'm sure, to his family and mm-hmm. him. But, you know, and, and the player in question is going to be uh, dealt with. I've got some audio coming up later of a bunch of people at uh, Oakland Council, the the city council, a bunch of people getting up, denying, for some reason, uh, denying any of the the, the fact that there was any raping going on or any, you know, uh, you know, they they just, my point is the MAGA disinformation has become, has has become ubiquitous across America for everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play you some audio of what people in America have been have now believe happened in Israel on that day. It's incredible. But uh, I thought I would do a little palate cleanser for you here, the fun little bit that I uh, came across here. This is a uh, 
Let's see. This is just a great joke. So have a listen to this. It's a uh, Jewish fellow talking about his grandmother who escaped Nazi Germany in 1939. Nazi Germany in 1939. So one of the last to be able to do so. When I was just six years of age, she took me to one side. She said, Simon, be careful. People will always hate the Jews. And I remember just thinking, like, why can't you just say happy birthday like everyone else? <laughs> Isn't that a fucking great joke? <laughs> Simon, people will always hate the Jews. You know, fucking happy birthday would be fine, Grammy. Fuck, that made me laugh. <laughs> it's such a great, you know, it's, it's such a short little joke and, uh, Julie Fleming sent that to us, our main political correspondent. And what's great about the joke, let me, Jim, want, want to know, is it's short and it just, it's just the misdirection of it. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not what you expect. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan, see what fun one can have? One can have lots of fun, especially on one this can, show. One can, one uh, can. Do you want to stick around for Fred's uh, bit here about... Yeah, I want to hear the music streaming. Yeah, the top three. I hope I recognize them. Well, therein lies the uh, story to me. Uh, Are we proceeding now, or do you want to? I would like you to proceed. All right. Uh, Okay, Apple's most streamed songs for 2023. I guess already they've released them. Um, Number three is um, Kill Bill by SZA. Have you ever heard? Mm Okay. Kill Bill by SZA. I've never, I don't know. And why should I? I'm an old man. Okay, keep going. Number two is Flowers by Miley Cyrus. I know of Miley Cyrus, but the song Flowers, I don't know. Okay, Miss Paul, I think you would. Uh, it's one of those songs that you probably have heard. Um, I know I have somewhere heard this. Let me. I don't. The other one I have no recollection of. But let's uh, hear what she has to say on flowers. I, I think we you. Were good. Yeah. We were cold. Kind of dream that can't be so. We were right. Wait till the hook comes in. You probably. We you'll get some of it. I think. Built a home and watched it burn. that song many many times in 2023 somewhere on social media on instagram somewhere see my problem is if it's not on spectrum or alt nation i pro- i i wouldn't hear it and the thing is you know you said well you can relate to this well both of you that when your kids are in their teens or still at home in their early 20s you're exposed to a lot of music you might otherwise not be well, that's sort of vacant for me now, generally. But also um, because you're not yeah. on social media. I still am on yeah. Twitter and Instagram. And yeah. so a lot of new music, this included, you would hear in a lot of people's posts. Not oh, okay. even necessarily about mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus, just that hook. Uh, has I've seen that in a bunch of um, streaming. Oh, not just streaming, but in... Um, TikTok. Yeah, in, te- oh, not, yeah, in, in, in reels, mm-hmm. all that stuff, Dan. 
This. Okay. So it's a good little hook, but the first one, SZA. Sure. Sounds like a very nice song. Yeah, absolutely. But to your point, too, I don't see, I don't get a lot of radio in my life anymore. I, mm-hmm. I listen to Sirius XM. I have a couple of channels that are my favorites, too, and I like yours, too, but I, I just mm-hmm. don't, it's not where I'm hearing new music. And a guys our age, it's certainly not. You know, we're certainly well, not going to be on. Well, on Spectrum, you get some new music, but it's more of the. It's not of the pop vein, right? Because it's it's on the rock side of Sirius XM, right? And speaking of which, you know, Shazam is you know I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. How cool that is! So, because often on Spectrum, I'll hear this song and think, "Wow, that's great!" And quickly grab my Shazam, and within seconds, it's on one of my playlists. I did that the other day with a song I forget which one. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's sort of what you're exposed to, and. I can't honestly say I, I, I've heard that flower song probably somewhere, but it didn't really stick with me. I'll bet you May May has. I'll bet you. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sure. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. And what's the uh, number one Apple streaming song? And I'm going to talk about this because I, I, it was named number one. So I listened to it and I, and I've got to say, this is only personal taste. It's, it's country and it's everything about country music. I don't like It's sort of like the new country. Anyway. It's um, it's last night by Morgan Whalen is the number one stream song. And again, it's everything about the sort of the new country I don't like. But hey, if you like it, obviously you do, because it's the number one with a bullet. OK, here's Morgan Whalen <clears throat> last night. Last night we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything we said, but we said it all. You told me that you wish I was somebody you never met. But baby, baby, something's telling me this ain't over yet. No way it was I last night. I kissed your lips. Make you grip the sheets with your fingertips. Last bottle of Jack, we split a fifth. Just talking about life, going sip for sip. Yeah, you, you know you love to fight. And I say shit I don't mean. But I'm still gonna wake up on you and me. I know that Yeah, I get it. I mean, he is a huge touring star. With uh, is he? Oh yeah, he, he's playing. That guy is playing stadiums like around the world. He's got twenty five, twenty three million plus uh, monthly listeners. That's just on this one thing. I don't know. Okay, wait a sec. Wait a sec. You're telling me that people pay for that? Is this what you're telling me? (laughs) I know you wouldn't. Like, dude, people actually take their credit card out and and pay a service fee at Ticketmaster for that. I know, Grandpa. They do. I know, Grandpa. It's hard to believe. (laughs) I know, Grandpa. (laughs) I know, Grandpa. I know. I I gotta be honest with you, though. I don't mind this song. Uh, You know, know, wouldn't be my favorite genre, but of that genre. It's got a little bit more of the there. It's the new country has a little bit more of um, pop to it than maybe it once did. I don't know. No, I I I agree, and that's partly what I don't. Listen, honestly, and listen, hey, success speaks for itself. The guy is wildly successful, and I know people love him. But just you know, this is real talk. I mean, from a personal standpoint, that 
that's a whole folder of music that I just do not care for. Well, Dan, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I can't. Uh, I won't, you won't find me listening to much of this. I wonder if the guy talks like that. He sings like with a very, <laughs> very country. Um, yeah. But does he actually speak that way? Do you think when he, when he actually probably he, not talking like this oh, all the time? Yeah. But but yeah. I'm more open than you two. So I mean, oh, you are. Yeah, you, you know, are. I'm more open to the world experience. Well, fuck yeah. You're a man I'm, of the world. I'm surprised though, Dan, that you know you being a world music fan that. That wouldn't uh, appeal to you, but I get it. Listen, I, I, I told you it's not my favorite, but of that yes. genre, you can see, you can see. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of him in concert, and it's you know it's something else. I mean, he's in Perth, Australia, you know, going around the world selling out, you know, huge venues. So, yeah. but there's a lot of people that didn't like. Um, you know, didn't like uh, the music we played, which I always thought was weird. You know, we would run into people for years and years that couldn't stand the music we played on the edge. And I used to say to them, are you out of your fucking mind? This is the best music being, pro- this is the best music being produced right now. You know, in the, in the era of, uh, uh, um, I want to say a million of Soundgarden, Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. uh, Oh, who smells like, who's that? What am I thinking of? Uh, smells like teens. Nirvana. Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearl Jam. There was no better music in those, you know, five mm-hmm. or eight years being produced. And some people hated it. Well, I'm surprised at how often, how often I hear people say they don't care for you, too. I mean, the odd time you'll hear someone, I never liked the Beatles. And it's like, why? Mm, I know. But I, at least uh, there, there's no really accounting for taste. And over the past few years, and I think as as Bono became more of a militant sort of type guy, you know, a social uh, justice warrior, uh, people started, I don't know, commenting on the product per se. And I'm surprised at how many people say they don't like you, too. I, I don't understand it because I love them. So there's people that love this guy uh this uh yeah. morgan whalen so whatever spins your pro- your prop as they say. listen i you know we all three of us like steely dan probably not as much as i do but mm-hmm. but you know i i don't i'm sure a lot of people think it's stupid i hear it mocked all the time same with randy mm-hmm. newman people mock you know three or four of my favorite artists tom waits randy newman lyle lovett and steely dan they're not exactly you know I'm sure a lot of people can understand. Like, why would you go? Why would you keep listening to that music? I don't know. I just like it. Just like the way it sounds. You know, a uh, 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 sort of a polarizing thing too. I think you find with the tragically hip. When I hear, and often you hear people say, ah, "I don't like the hip. That guy can't sing." And like, it's amazing how I hear their songs and what it does to me. Whether it's inspiration or it puts me in a place I want to be or it it brings out the Canadian in me, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. I can't imagine that that person across the room doesn't feel the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, And I've said this, uh, well, now about three dozen times over the last 12 years. I never appreciated this band. I I never appreciated a lot of bands while I was a DJ because, you know, I played these songs four hours a day. I'm certainly not listening to them when I went home. But you did, uh, and that's great. And I'm now I'm I've loved the tragically hip more since I stopped being a DJ playing them than I ever did. Well, that was part of our daily you know diet of music. Uh, let's get to uh, some business. Dan will come back do his news, and uh, I'll play a little audio if we can before the end of the show. It's just incredible. But uh, 
Brittle star coming on. Stuart Reynolds will uh, join us. But first, Freddie, let's talk about these fine folks. Yeah, and we'll talk about Bodog uh, tomorrow night. We got a pretty good Thursday nighter, okay, people? We have a pretty good Thursday nighter. Seattle at Dallas. Dallas, an eight and a half point pick. I mean, that's pretty widespread, but that game could be interesting based on what we usually get on Thursday nights. You know what I'm saying. You know where I'm coming from. This is the way I feel about tomorrow night's game. Worth watching, definitely. Uh, listen, whether you're a sports better, uh, horse racing fan, poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds to their world-class sports book and feature-rich uh, poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's your Bodog. And of course, we've already spoken this event. It's Humble and Fred's Gift of Christmas brought to you by Kelsey's December 20th. I I wrote down uh, the address. I just wanted to get your get people here. Uh, it's the uh, 4511 Dundas Street, Burlington address. I think yesterday I misspoke. I thought it was Appleby or whatever, but just it's Dundas Street in Burlington, that location. And of course, you can go to any location of Kelsey's and have a great time. Uh, because they, you can watch the game that Fred was just talking about at Kelsey's. Because every night is game night. You can get a 16-ounce Molson Canadian draft for only $6.50. Enter your chance to win an original six hockey ticket. Just visit the Roadhouse, watch a game, get a ticket, and win. And, of course, uh, I want you to understand, if you can't make it to our party, you can have your own party. Kelsey's loves celebrating. If you're looking to host your holiday party, you can there. Get 10% off per guest. And uh, just do uh, what we all do. Go to kelseys.ca for more information. If you want to enter and be part of ours, our little gift of Christmas at Kelsey's, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Just put subject line, uh, put in the subject line, Kelsey's, and we'll know that you mean business. And we'd love to see you there for a uh, really good time. We've got a few artists that we've lined up. Uh, we've got uh, our friend Pete Cuno and his daughter Dylan Gray. We've got Spencer, my daughter, and her girlfriend, Millie. And uh, then uh, I think we're also going to add another family member, our uh, friend uh, Ryan McCallan's uh, sister, who performed uh, on our Christmas program when we're still doing it on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's all, all very good. exciting. You know, we were. It's a humdinger. It is a humdinger. We were talking about the most uh, streamed uh, songs of uh, 2023. I don't know where this song fits in. I, I think we should all just listen to it. <laughs> it's getting close to Christmas Day. Santa's on his way. Very Beatlesque, actually. Hard on that big red sleigh. Christmas I have to ask It's really a simple task Santa I hope and pray you can hear me say This Christmas ain't the same It's different <laughs> Fuck you COVID-19 <laughs> Christmas time again Better wear a fucking mask 
it's <laughs> Santa better wear a fucking mask. Not exactly the kind of material you expect from squeaky clean Stuart Reynolds. But there it is. Please welcome there back. There it is. There it is. His recent book is Welcome to the Stupid Ocalypse. Stupid Pocalypse. Am I saying I never say it right? Stupid Ocalypse? Doesn't matter. Survival tips for the Dumbageddon. Uh, welcome back, Brittle Star. One of the most uh, engaging, entertaining characters on uh, social media. It's always good to have you back, man. <clears throat> thanks for having me back, guys. I appreciate it. And thanks for leading off the morning with a Christmas classic. You know, I, I got to be honest with you. You a couple things I want to get to, and one of them was music. But the second part, first, that really does have a very Beatlesque, now and then kind of vibe. Did you not think so, Freddie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> once you pointed a, it, once you pointed it out, Howard, I said yes. I know where you're coming from. Like definitely <laughs> now and then esque. And was that all you? Every instrument is that that was all me. Every instrument. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a. Uh, uh, well, I'd done a, the tune. You know, you better wear a mask type of thing, and uh, then I thought I'd make a Christmas version, a la Love Actually's. Uh, Christmas is all around you. Right. <laughs> right. The, the Christmas version of his big hit. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I'm glad we're it's interesting because I wanted to start with music with you. That sort of was your that's kind of where it began. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, a fairly musical family. My both my grandfathers are performers. My mother's a performer. She's doing this exciting, weird but exciting project that I'm not allowed to talk about yet right now. But you'll find out in the new year. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's always been it's like that Scottish family thing, right? It's like it, it, when you get a bunch of people together in a house party or something, and it ends up you know turning into a sing song. Uh, basically, everyone's got to perform a tune. And uh, my dad's a huge fan of music as well. Grew up on the Beatles, and I mean, I Beatles, Elton John, Rolling Stones, and the Bay City Rollers because you have to if you're mm-hmm. Scottish. Exactly. Yeah. SAT, yeah. AU, yeah. So was your dad, he was into music, was he always saying, hey, listen to this, listen to this, uh, listen to yeah. this part? He was that type of guy? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. He was actually, because every week I was allowed to get one 45 single from Woolworths here in town in Stratford. And um, my dad started that whole process by handing me uh, a copy of M's pop music. And he said, buy this. It's going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. And it was already in the top 40, but still it mm-hmm. became a bigger, it became a bigger hit than that. Um, and that kind of started that whole process of like, you know, he, he just loves music and pushing music. He's also like, I have a, a number of guitars and there's one guitar I bought, which is like a semi-acoustic uh, uh, guitar. And I remember my dad saying to me when I was in my early 20s and I would start selling guitars to get money to pay for like rent and stuff. And he'd be like, never sell that guitar. Mm. Never sell mm-hmm. it. I was like, all right, got it, got it, got it. It's the so, reason I ask that question. I'm currently reading um, Surrender, Bono's book, sort of biography, mm. 40 songs. And it's the dad part of it. Like his dad had very little. His dad loved music, but was very uninterested in his son's interest in music, so <laughs> to speak. You know, just the irony of that. His son becomes one of the biggest artists in the history of the world, really. And yeah. Uh, but his dad was, ah, oh, that stuff you're doing, okay, it's over there. Didn't really ever take an interest in it. 
such a similar story to my own. Being <laughs> the true. biggest artist in the world. Well, I was going to say, I was jumping in with, you know, a lot of artists. And I didn't realize that Freddie was reading that. But I mean, I, mm-hmm. I listened to a podcast last night featuring this comedian I really like, Eric Andre, who was going mm-hmm. to the Berkeley School of Music for jazz. Like he was like a real high level elite musician. And then he became this outrageous prank comedian. And it was almost like, how do you tell your father at the end of a four-year Berkeley degree, hey, I think I'm going to go out there and, you know, prank people as a comedian for the night. But in your case, your parents were, at least your parents sound like they were encouraging you to be a musician. Are they disappointed you, but you turn out to be a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, as speaking as a parent, and I think I can confidently speak for my parents when I say that if you let it go on long enough, they're just happy you're doing something that makes money. That's it. Yes, they don't care sure. what it is. They're like, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Good for you. Have you considered OnlyFans? <laughs> that <type of> thing. <laughs> that's right. Oh, and, and, and we've had the, uh, this, I thought today, because we've, it's been a while since people heard your very first appearance on the show and mm-hmm. there's a couple things we want to run by you because you're a social commentary commentator mm-hmm. whether you like it or not but in the origin in the origin story of brittle star yeah uh it was just something you were dabbling in just remind everyone what your what your real gig was for a while uh, we had like a web development company for about 10 years and it was hacked and we ended up losing about 75% of our clients in, the, in a 48 hour span. And uh, it meant that we had, we had a staff of 11. We had four full-time staff in the office downtown. We had to let them all go, including my mom who worked for us. She was our full-time administrator receptionist. I had to fire my mom. Mm. Um, I, and again, as I like to say, you know, if we would have done a performance review, she probably would have been let go anyway. <laughs> still, um, but it but was she hard. was your mom. You know? Yeah, exactly. You, you, it was you, still you, hard. You know, she kept stealing everyone's oh. sandwiches from the, you know, the exactly. lunchroom. Yeah. Exactly. I, my son's the boss, you know, yeah. that type of uh, thing. But I need to know, why being hacked, you lost 75% of your clients? Like, what happened? Yeah. What, what is that story? Well, it's craziness. I mean, it was uh, like this is back in 2006 is when the hack happened. It was December 21st and one th- at 1.32 p.m. And uh, we were literally in the mi- – this is a really boring part of the story. But we were no, literally no. in the middle of changing data centers. So it meant that technically we were, we were moving from one server file type architecture, meaning how files are stored, to a different file type architecture. So it meant that all of our daily backups wouldn't work on the new servers. They had to be regenerated. And the hack literally happened in the middle of that move. Um, And we had actually hired a security company from the UK to look after things. And they just didn't, obviously. Um, But it was really, really horrible, really, really frustrating. But it was also the time when people were like, like, people were shocked when people got hacked. Oh, my God. Like, now it happens Mm -hmm. all the time with social media, Mm -hmm. people's Instagram accounts and whatever, Facebook pages and stuff. And they're like, well, it just happens. Where Back in the day, I mean, I remember uh, that happened. It was so horrible. People were yelling at us. We had uh, most notably, we had uh, a client in Buenos Aires who uh, contacted us and said that they had contacted the Canadian embassy to find out what to do because their site had been hacked on our servers. And the Canadian embassy 
gave them a list of lawyers in Toronto in which to sue us. And I was like, thanks, Canadian Embassy. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, Talk I think, about bad timing. Jesus. Yeah, I well, think, uh, in the middle of that process, it all falls apart. It was, it was like a, the flukest sort of in the mm-hmm. middle, at the weakest possible point we could have right. been in. And we tried to mitigate it as much as possible, but it just didn't help. But I think that's where I, I, I was thinking Freddie was going and I wanted to get some information. So what, what, ha- what happened was you exposed a bunch of your clients information to these no, what, like what, or what a, yeah what was the why what, did they quit you that's, yeah, that's they literally remember literally the two of us have never done anything yeah. grown up so On explain, it to, the, yeah, explain exactly. it to us like we're and children what blows me away about this story is you're talking 2006 i mean yeah we're, we're this is infancy really for yeah. a lot of stuff of this stuff so it, it yeah. really was i mean it was literally it was a it wasn't a uh uh, it wasn't a hack and grab of information. It was uh, like a vandalism thing. It's basically like people's literally only the f- the front page of people's websites got hacked, and they just had to, that's all it had to be. But that meant that a lot of sites just didn't work anymore. You couldn't bypass it. Oh. You had to regenerate that main page oh, again. Um, so it was literally like someone had come along and like spray painted a bunch of shop fronts, oh. and, and then also changed the locks, so you couldn't actually even get into the store anyway. Um, so it was really, really frustrating. But basically, like people, it was right before the Christmas season. Obviously, it was right at the Christmas season, and people were super pissed off as you as they should be. Um, but at the same time, like I said, people weren't used to the idea that people get hacked, so they, they were unforgiving. And then I remember about a month or so <laughs> after that, Pepsi got hacked. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it could happen to Pepsi. And I had people coming up going, I didn't realize it could happen to anybody. It's like, yes, that's how the Internet works. Mm. Um, so yeah, you, it was it did was you ever a find, stressful time. Yeah, I imagine. And did you before we move on to this, this cold case for yeah. Humble and Fred, um, <laughs> do you, do you, uh, what, did you ever figure out the motivation behind somebody doing this to yeah, you? Yeah, I know exactly who did it. I, we literally were able to track down uh, the it was a 16 year old kid in Cairo. Uh, and uh, he was just doing it like as a flex. It was like they were called script kiddies, and the idea was they would exploit uh, any you know security holes they could possibly find, and then they would just they would just tag. It was like graffiti guys. They would just tag it, right? Um, but yeah, we had the we had the kid's address and everything. But I mean. And we did have one offer to go do terrible things. It was like, no, no, these, this is, I mean, sure, it's ruined my life, but you, wait, no, I'll be an amazing comedian and I'll make a song called Just Wear a Fucking Mask. So yeah. you know, <laughs> how, how, how often, it all how often did you utter the words, why me? Why me? <laughs> I mean, it was horrendous. It was so terrible. It was like incredibly stressful. And it just basically started about an eight year period where we had like zero, zero money. I moved, I started doing voiceovers and, um, that was kind of just barely paid the mortgage. Uh, but yeah, we had like in 2013, we had no, we had the notice on our front door of our house and stuff. We had no money Mm. whatsoever in this. So social media literally saved our family. Okay. We're Mm going to get to that point, but I have to come back to that year. Just one thing I've I've thought of when you say you fired your mother and it was yeah. Christmas time. How awkward was Christmas that year at your family? Like she's serving dinner to everyone. Uh, would anyone else like some more turkey? And she just looks at you and then passes you by. <laughs> no, thankfully, because again, she's got that Scottish background. She was like, "Do you want me to go kill them? I'll kill them. I'll, <laughs> I'll them. kill someone. I'll kill them." Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, wow. your, what a story. Do you remember your first? Of course you do. But just tell us on on some day in 2013, you went okay. I got to pay some bills somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I have an idea for something and that something went 
maybe not viral right away, but gave you some impetus, like maybe I should do more of this. Yeah, I mean, it was literally a case of uh, I was just so depressed, and I, I, lit, I honest to God, stopped myself at the stoplights uh, downtown one day, and I was like, I can't remember the last time I laughed. I think the radio was on or something, and I was they were laughing, and I was like, when was the last time I laughed? And I couldn't literally, oh. honestly, couldn't remember when the last time I laughed. I thought, well, that's no good. I have to fix it. And our youngest son had shown me this app called Vine, and he said, check this out. It's like a video version of Twitter. And I started watching. I was like, this is kind of funny. I like the quick setup and punch. That's cool. And I started messing around just for my own sake. And I made a whole bunch of videos with myself and this 12-inch plastic Chewbacca doll I've had since I was 10. <laughs> and because uh, I was like, I can't be in the videos by myself. I need a co-star. So obviously, this this toy will mitigate any embarrassment. Sure. And uh, and I did those. And then we went down to the pub one day. And the bartender, he said, I love that Chewy video. When's the new one coming out? And I was like, oh, oh, people are watching these. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't know what was there. I had no idea you could get paid. We didn't have any idea you could, you could make a living off of this until uh, like November of 2013 when we, we were in California with Disney and doing stuff for them in our first brand gig and uh, spoke to a bunch of other content creators. And I'd be like, what do you do for a job? And they'd be like, YouTube. And I'd be like, no, what's your day job? And they'd be like, YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. And we consciously decided we have no idea how this works. We're just going to try to do it because it's better than eating lentils every damn day. Sorry. The fiscally irresponsible Fred has to ask the question. You had no money, but you could go yeah. to the pub. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, again, we're Scottish. Yeah, listen, man, I, 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 I love that. Meet my <laughs> I love what he picked up on. Yeah. You've got yeah. pub money. Yeah, um, yeah like, <laughs> come on. You know, one of the, you know, one of the things that. One of the mysteries, I think, of the internet age for all of us, and Fred and I have been, you know, we have, say content creators. I put quotations around that because this this is what passes for content and has for 34 <laughs> years. But um, predicting something to go viral, I, I've always been fascinated by that. You know, you just decided after a few vines that you could maybe take a crack at this, not really knowing yeah. how the algorithms work and how all the, yeah. how the monetization works. So I, I, I don't know what my question is, but, but not knowing any of that, I guess you just jumped into yeah. it. I mean, I, I was fortunate in the sense that like I, when I was, when I started creating stuff in 2013, it was pre algorithm days. So what, it was just chronological feed. So it was like whatever, if you wanted to see, if you wanted to tune into Vine or open up Vine at the end of the day, you had to keep scrolling to see all of today's Vines. You'd, you'd start from immediate and just go back in time, basically. Um, so it meant that when people followed you, they would probably see your stuff that day, which was great. And, I mean, but the thing is with like, you know, with quick creating viral uh, videos, it's there's so many variables uh, at play. I mean, there is a technique to sort of like, you know, trying to in- increase your retention and, and increase watch time and making sure you don't lose them at that first three second slump and all that kind of stuff. But that gets a bit formulaic. And, and you can also it's like putting the recipe before the cake. It's like you, you need to just make a good cake. Um, and that might turn out great for people and then people might love it and they might not like it either. I think there's, like I said, there's so many variables, like what's happening in the news is, is massive. What, who else has put a video out that day? And I was saying this to someone recently about how it still applies now where you'll create a video or a post or something and put it out and it doesn't do anything. And you put another one out and it goes crazy. So you put another post out and it doesn't do anything. And you're like, well, wait a minute, where are the hundreds of thousands of people that like that last video 
But of course, you could pull that video and pull it again and, and post it again in a day or day and a half or two weeks or a year from now. And people are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way it works. There's just so much content. And there's no like pop music, you know, as they say, has a formula, you know, you sure it might not be the best music, but it, it's it, it. A lot of people might like it because of this formula that you've followed. Um, yeah. So there's no real formula for that, per se. Like, you can't say, oh, I'm going to follow this formula. And of course, it's going to go viral. It's just no. what you explained. It's it's you never know. You could make the best video in the world, post it today, and then there could be something terrible. I mean, I, I, it was a much more grim example of that. Uh, there were times when I would be posting stuff, and I'd be like, I, well, the video didn't do well because there was a school shooting in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'll, I guess I'll, mm-hmm. I'll hold and I'll wait until there's no school shootings, right. and then you realize that that day doesn't come. Um, but what <laughs> yeah. about – Yeah, what about your – I, I want to get a little bit into the social commentating on the fact that you reflect a lot of people's feelings. And, and, and so 2013, the timeline develops. You have a character. You know, I think I became aware of you not – not really until like the last three or four years, but so you've been sure. putting out a lot of content, but to critic, is there not a critical mass? Like, I don't know. I could go look it up now, but just tell us how many, God, people- I hope so. I hope. Well, is. that's what I mean. How, what, what are your, how many Twitter followers? Let's say, uh, 150 some thousand. Or okay. And, and yeah. so, and on what else do you do? You do Instagram and TikTok. Instagram, TikTok, yes, Instagram's like 50-some thousand, TikTok's 220,000. So you have yeah. close to 450,000 people that on any given day have have subscribed to your content. So isn't yeah. there a point where there's kind of a minimum float? No, I mean, I think there would have been. I think back in the, you know, the pre-algorithm days, there would have been a chance for that. But for example, I have 248,000 Facebook followers, and it's the most useless platform in the world. Um, it's, it's designed amazingly. It's phenomenal uh, ease of use and stuff. But I mean, I'll post something, and it could go out to all of them, and it could go out to less than 2%. It's mm. like totally hit and miss. Uh, and again, that just depends on whatever the algorithm feels people want to see that day. Is it a news story? Is it a better viral video? Not better, but is it a different viral video that they want to see or something? Um, or whatever they're engaging. I think one of the really good examples of the effect of the algorithm was there's a fellow online who I know who was saying his mom opened up her TikTok app, TikTok app beside him while he had his TikTok app open and they were both on their For You feeds and her mo- his mom was like, why is your feed all different from mine? And she, he was like, he had to explain to her, no, no, everyone's got their own TV channel. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, you, I don't, we don't see the same things. Everyone sees an entirely different feed. We mm-hmm. might occasionally cross over, but not the same stuff. <clears throat> and I think that that, as a creator, I hate it because it means that people who follow me like I'll have people saying, oh, are you still posting videos? And it's like, well, yes, like all the time. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, it is. Yeah. You know, it's 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 that idea of be people who choose to follow you to watch your content. And then they're unaware you've made content, which is crazy. That's all down to the algorithm. Well, I mean, I, I would take are you still posting versus somebody <laughs> when we promoted you on our show yesterday. This I didn't tell Fred this time because I forgot. But Fred, when we had the Humble and Fred account on Twitter, said, hey, Stuart's going to be on the show. And somebody said about us, Humble and Fred are doing a podcast. I thought they were dead. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I responded, we are dead, but we're still doing podcasts. He's still yeah. doing it. Yeah, still, yeah. Doing still doing it. it. Yeah. That's dedication. It is dedication. <laughs> That's technology for you. It's <laughs> so funny. So when did, and, and um, I know I don't, I don't want to get into monetization, but when did it become, when, when did you go from there's notices on the door of bills yeah. due to like, yeah. I think we're going to be okay. Uh, I mean, that didn't come until late 2014. Like, we had a really great opportunity in August of 2013 with Disney, and it, it was more money than we had seen in years, which was great. And we got to go to California with our whole family, and it was really it was like, oh, my God, we, this is a thing. Um, and both myself and Shannon, my wife, are fairly entrepreneurial, and it was like that idea of like, okay, I, there's something here. If we keep digging in the right direction, we'll hit something. Um so that kind of motivated us. And, but it wasn't until late 2014 we we're like, I think this is going to work. Because after Disney, there was three months of nothing, like absolutely nothing. And then I got approached by a dating app uh, from Germany. And they were like, we'd like you to make some videos. And I was like, you know, that I'm a dad and I'm married. And, mm-hmm. you know, my whole shtick is that I'm a family man and uh, probably not dating. Um, and they're like, no, it doesn't matter. They just wanted to media buy it. They're like, you have 200,000 followers or 300,000 right. followers. We just want those numbers. <clears throat> and I ended up making three videos for them, which were uh, horrible, except for the last one when I was trying to sabotage my chances. Because <laughs> I'd been told by people, they were like, Listen, people were in, in social media were like, stop doing these ads. Like, because they're paying terribly. And I was like, I know, but I've got an electric bill. And they're like, just stop mm-hmm. doing them. Ter- You're going to make more money if you don't do these ads. And uh, so the last one I did, we were up at the cottage and we we were like looking. We we're like, oh, it'd be really great to get a little motor for our little rowboat. Wouldn't that be amazing? And they contacted and they said, if you do a video for us today, we'll pay you today. And I was like, all right. So I, it's one of those apps that has the hot friends near you screen on it that shows like hot people like in your vicinity. And, yeah, I can't uh, imagine how many older women in Brampton want to get banged today. That's it's crazy. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> just out there. I, I thought you were so right around the corner. I thought you yeah, were doing How many older <laughs> yeah. women in Brampton want to get banged by you? Even, <laughs> even, even fewer, no. but some. Oh, at least one. Exactly. Can't see the forest for the trees. And uh, it's um, so I, I changed the apps, mm. Hot Friends Near You screen, and I changed all the pictures of the hot people to. Uh, uh, creatures of the forest, like uh, like deers, uh, beavers, skunks, that type of thing. And <clears throat> I only have one line in the whole video, and, and the line was, I open the eye, I'm in the middle of the forest, and I look and I go, that squirrel looks hot. <laughs> and that's the only thing I say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I posted the video. They paid me right away. They, I think they were German, and they had no idea what I was saying. Um, and it got 21 million views, and I was like, damn it. This wow. Is, like, this is not what I wanted to do. And again, as I've said before, I mean, it's it's, you know, it probably didn't have the effect they were hoping unless that effect was to encourage middle aged men to have sex with woodland creatures. And and there is run. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say that. And and given the Internet and its nature, there's probably some men out there. They're like, hey, there's a niche. There's there's a niche. Um, And then over time, uh, you I mean, certainly during the pandemic and in other. Again, I don't know if you. If you think about this, but a lot of times when things happen, you know, things like the, you know, masking issues and mm-hmm. some political things, convoys and right up to date with uh, what's going on in the Middle East. Sometimes it's people turn to your account 
because it's not only entertaining, but you seem to bring some sense to things for a lot of Canadians. Mm, it's a bit of a daunting thing to think about i mean i'm not that bright i think that's probably my i think that's probably my biggest strength is that i'm not that smart but i have an ability i hope to kind of chew things up and go i think this means this um and not overthink things because i don't have the capacity to overthink too much um Um, yeah does um howard mentioned the middle east is there some things you just won't touch because it's not good business yeah, I think there's yeah. there are lots of topics. I did a video recently called "The Internet Doesn't Do Nuance," and uh, I mean that's exactly it. It's like every the, the social media setup currently, which it will change, I feel, but it, it's not there yet. Where every post is considered uh, a movement, every post is considered a manifesto, every post is con- considered the final word on something, and it's about. 280 characters deep and that's it and that's just not how the world works there's there's numerous issues where i think to myself there's no way i can wade into this mm-hmm. without somehow being interpreted the wrong way or not how i intended but also yeah. you have a brand to protect you have a, a character yeah. was it your video i saw that the, the internet doesn't do um wasn't new ones it's with yeah, the internet is it's not your opinion or something it's it was kind of long. Oh, not not every post is is a free. Yeah, not every you. post. Yeah. Is, you know what? I'm going to send it to Fred because it's brilliant. Not every post is for you. Describe that. Yeah, well, basically, sort of saying this idea that that and it's a weird conflation. You can understand how it's conflated is that people are getting their own feeds on their social media apps. Everyone's seeing the stuff that's directed towards them, so they feel like every single post is directed at them, so they can get angry about it or or feel justified or vindicated by it. And the truth is, it's it's not. It's I mean, it's just loosely connected to maybe what you might have engaged with, either hate watched or joy watched. Um, so every internet post is is not for you. It's just you know, it's it's, it's all, that's what I was thinking again this morning because I was scrolling through social media. Like I was saying, like everyone, there's this notion that every social media post is a movement. Like people saying, look at these people doing these, wearing these offensive T-shirts and blah blah blah. And you're like, yeah, those are two idiots. That's yeah. it. This isn't, like a, this isn't like a million people doing this. You know, it's not a governmental move, you know. Um, yeah. Before we let you go, uh, you know, I'm, and of course, I'll try and get the name of the book correct. The Stupid Apocalypse, Survival yeah, Tips for the Dumbageddon. There you go. So you can read it now. There. And, and at some Stupid point, maybe, if, you know, do you have people? Have them send it over here for crying out loud. I will. Just hit um, me up and I'll send you. I'll hit I you up. People. Yeah, get your yeah. people to send it over here. Um, yeah. What... To, when I when I talked when we were talking earlier about the number of you know you're you're always coming up with stuff, how many times a week? And what about weeks when it's you're not inspired? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it there's like again because there's so many. I've learned that because there's so many variables, and for the style of content that I create, which is kind of current events based, um, sometimes there's no point. In trying to tackle something because I won't get it out fast enough or it, the issue will be resolved or changed or you know morphed into some other thing um, and also sometimes I think there's just too much going on there's just I, there's too much going on for me to be able to cut through so there's no point in doing it it's more about trying to find those opportunities that's what occupies most of my time is thinking uh, okay I could do something funny about this or something hopefully engaging about this but is it the right time to do it? Do enough people know about it? I mean, I think I consume so much media and so much news. There's a number of times when I'll, 
uh, I'll know about something and want to make fun of something. And people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever. Yeah. It's been shocking. I, the, oh. as a really quick aside with the amount of consumption of media, it's been shocking to me when I talk to people, like, cause I jokingly reference the fact that, uh, Lauren Bobbert is also on my, is one of the authors under my publisher uh, label with Simon mm-hmm. Schuster in the States. And, um, I think that's really funny. And, and the number of people who go, who, who's that? No, I'm no. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have the same thing with her. Yeah, that that is key. Like trying to figure out when when you think people have di- digested something, mm-hmm. Be- and and the problem is there's just so much information. You would think access to information, everybody would know everything about everything almost yeah. immediately. But the problem is there's just so much information. There's a lot of stories that you might perceive as key that again people algor- algorithms and whatever just aren't aware of it. Oh, and there's platforms, and, the, and, and yeah. there are people that are capitalizing on that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he and I run into this, because, you know, we'll talk about Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene yeah. and the ins, and Mike Johnson became yeah. the new speaker mm-hmm. and think it's a hot-button issue for us, because it's interesting. But then our audience sometimes is like, you know, we don't really, really know who those people are. Yeah, is there, not is part there of an, my world. Is there yeah. a... Um, but in terms of producing content, getting back to your schedule in any given week, mm-hmm. don't you... In order to keep the uh, the empire, the brittle star empire afloat, <laughs> is there a, you, you, you know, a, a, you, weeks can't go by without you creating something that's going to make you money? I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to kind of pick and choose your battles. I mean, it, certainly there's been a lot of focus in the book currently. There's other stuff happening as well, which is great. Um, but you kind of have to you, there's only so much of you to go around right there's only so much energy you can expend on things before you burn out before you just start churning out content for the sake of churning it out it's better if you're kind of for me the type of stuff i'm trying to create and just the nature of what i'm creating i mean i don't have a, i don't have writers i don't have a group of people to lean on i don't have people to film i don't have people to do audio or edit it's all just me doing all this stuff so there's only so much i can do and uh, I think I've realized that now after like, I mean, back in 2018, I was trying to crank stuff out as much as possible. And I ended up in hospital, like, you know, from mm-hmm. like essentially hypertension and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go back to that. I don't need to. No. And, you know, you say it's, you know, attitude and perspective are, are so key because once you realize what you've got yourself into, you have to ex- sort of accept that environment. I mean, it's like our business. I mean, sure. Over the years, we've had, you know, where sales are up and then sales are down. And when they're down, yeah. it's like, well, we knew getting into this that, you know, there were going to be days like this and there was going to yeah. be periods like this. Rather than let it eat you up, you just got to have that perspective. This is what we got ourselves into and this is how you deal with it. I think Jonathan Torrens said a great thing to me one time. He said that uh, freelancers have two gears, work and panic. That's yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> it's largely true. But I mean, once you, the older you get, the more experience you get, you yes. realize those quiet times will happen. Just ride them out. And you'll be okay. A hundred percent. You know, he and I worked mm-hmm. for big, you know, radio companies for most of our career. And for the last 12 years of our career, we've worked for ourselves, but it's been enough seasons have gone by. You know, that we're in, because because our, we're a little company, we have three or four people, we crank out the material, we do the sales, all of that happens. And, and Fred's 100 percent right when he said, you know, we, we've we've weathered enough storms yeah, and gone through some really, really high periods uh, that we kind of know. Well, you know, it, it worries me less now than it would have five years ago. Right. Totally. Because mm-hmm. it always comes around. Uh, we can't uh, thank you enough and always a great conversation. And we'll leave everyone with another Another Christmas classic. 
from Brittle Star. Follow him on all oh. your social platforms. Such a good song. I don't. What is the actual title of this? It just says Santa Better. Oh no! This, no, this is one, a, this, this is another, another Christmas, Christmas song. another Christmas, Christmas song. song about Mariah Carey's Christmas song. Oh, okay, perfect. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Stuart. All right, uh, and and all the best. We don't uh, speak to you for the holidays. Yes, uh, happy, happy holidays. Happy all right of that. Whatever you do, and we'll Take hopefully care. have you back in the new year, my friend. Sounds great. Take care, guys. Thank you, my friend. Thanks. All right, there's uh, Brittle Star. Stuart Reynolds. This has got a Pogues vibe to it. Uh, while we're listening to this, Freddie, why don't you tell us about somebody else? The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group's benefits plan for small business, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca. It's all there. You know, our buddy Brett Tanner, every so often he drops in and he reminds us that, uh, you know, premiums are something that small businesses worry about, obviously. And, you know, I can afford it this year, but what about next year? Just know that if you become part of the Chambers plan, that premiums, they've really done a good job of holding the line on them. So year to year, you have a pretty good idea where you're going to be at. Again, very key, very vital for small business. So go to chamberplan.ca, roll it out, see what's available, see what level you can buy in at, what it's going to cost you, what you get, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. I mean... Uh, again, there's different levels you can buy into. Start slow and then ramp it up. Who knows? Whatever works for your small business, your employees will love you for it. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. It's difficult to comprehend, Fred, the varieties of uses of boron in construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, etc. Some common applications include glass production, insulation, fertilizer, LCD screens, computers, heat shields, medicines, and so much more. Look around your house. Woods, plastics, bricks, pipes, roofing materials, wallboard paint, fiberglass insulation. Wouldn't it be interesting? Hang on. Wouldn't it be interesting if you were involved in a company taking boron out of the ground? Well, now you can. Yesterday, we talked to our buddy Tim Daniels from uh, boron1.com. Go to boron1.com now and find out what boron can do for you and what this company is up to. It really is quite fascinating when you get to the point where thousands of junior mining companies never get to within a uh, year or two from taking boron out of the ground. Now might be a good time to have the retirement Sherpa or your own Sherpa, you know, if you want to go that way, and see what they think about boron1. Go to boron1.com and you know, see what's going on. All right. Uh, that was another uh, Brittle Star song. The guy's done well for himself. You know, I don't know what he makes, but he's making some money. You know? Well, it's a, it's a great story, you know, where he was and what happened to him and then battling back with it. And Yeah. He, and I won't get into the numbers, but I, uh, people may have forgotten that uh, daughter number one has an uh, influencer account on Instagram for her dog booby billy Mm -hmm. most people have heard that maybe you haven't booby billy has 200 and uh, i haven't checked for a while 285 ish thousand followers on instagram and i know what that dog gets paid (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. stewart stewart reynolds brittle star has three times that much between all his uh, different accounts 
Mm-hmm. So he's doing okay. Let's just put okay. it that way. He's yeah. he's he's comfortable, is what we'd say. Speaking of comfort, let's welcome back to our program the man who understands numbers, investment. He even he has a whole life. He understands how life works. He's uh, looking good in there with his uh, smart guy glasses on. It's uh, the retirement Sherpa Tim. Dot Niblet at Raymond James. Dot CA. Good morning, everybody. And you'll be happy to know we got a little frost on the pumpkin this morning down here. What? Oh, really? Yeah, it was 36 degrees, I think, uh, at, at wake up time. And we got a little cold front coming through. And I'm coming down there tomorrow. Why me? It'll be beautiful tomorrow. Why me? Why me? (laughs) Why me? Um, (laughs) You're funny. Hey, Timmy. But but that's will will that all be uh, you know uh, melted off by the time the show's done, or like midday, or what? Uh, I believe it's back into the 60s today. Maybe high 50s. I know Fred Fred loves talking about weather. But uh, back in the 70s tomorrow, and uh, it should be beautiful for his well-deserved uh, trip down here. Uh, phew. Oh, thank goodness. I didn't okay. want to be all depressed when I was there. No, God forbid. I, I, I've got to share our, our Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the short version. I kept expecting Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo to pop out from behind the, the trees or something like that. Uh, just Saturday alone, we were supposed to go to the football game, Florida, Florida State, our daughter's university. Nice, heartwarming family thing. The good guys win. Beautiful day. Uh, Lorna chose not to go because there's stairs, and she's uh, unsure with her balance. I get it. Cement stairs, long way. Um, Sarah ends up getting an intestinal disease uh, the day of, so can't go, uh, which I got for the next day, which was lots of fun. Wow. We go there. It rains. And the bad guys uh, win. But other than that, it was just a real Norman Rockwell uh, painting uh, there. Was that food poisoning you got? I think it was a flu of some sort because we each had it. It was Lorna's turn yesterday. It's just kind of worked its way through the the family there. But it came from Tallahassee. It was mm-hmm. it was part of a science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too bad. And I, I so and that was uh, and, and your team lost, which makes it all so painful. Oh, I know. I know. It was, it was not, it was not, again, it was not anywhere near where if I envisioned a 10, a nice heartwarming family memory for the decades ahead, I might've gotten a score of two when it was all said and done. So just the timeline there, you had an intestinal thing. You went to the football game. That could be tough sitting up in the stands and, you know, having... You know, the runs, maybe? Or well, to first run. I got sick to my stomach from the way the Gators were playing, Barump Bump. That's right. That's really sick. It didn't manifest in that way? Okay. No, not not until the next uh, day, thankfully. Right. But, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised you'd ask somebody of the professional class of uh, Mr. Niblet about whether he... No. Listen, we're buddies, and I'm just thinking, well, that would be a horrible situation. You're up in the stands with, like, 80,000, 90,000 people, and people crushed in, and, oh, oh, I got to go. That's all. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, we talked about uh, this uh, interesting... Oh, hang on a second. God. This interesting uh, article from The Visual Capitalist. The 20 most common investing mistakes in one chart, and we've gone through a few of them. Now, this week, I want to make sure we do it right. Are we going to start at 16 and go backwards or 15 and go backwards? 
Well, 15, if you'd be so kind. We uh, did a beautiful job of 16 last uh, time around. Well, let's, for yes. reminding everyone, 16 was a key working with the wrong advisor. So we've solved that. Let's go to 15, which I think a lot of people can relate to not doing their due diligence. Sure. Well, 15 kind of ties in with 16, I guess, to some degree. Uh, it could be the due diligence of the advisor that you're working with. Uh, where he or she works through, what their business background is, or certainly what their uh, professional background is. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it before. I, I mean, you'll, you'll spend more time watching a movie or a series or whatever or looking for a new golf club or buying some flowers for your lovely wife or whatever, all of which are very important things. Uh, but unfortunately, when our money's involved and who manages it for us, perhaps we need to put a little more effort in sometimes. Definitely. Number 14, trying to time the market. You've often said, right, um, it's not uh, timing the market, it's time in the market. Right. It's a super, uh, you know, well-used phrase for a reason. This just happened with the client. They sold their house in uh, September. They had a very sizable amount of money to redeploy and, and get working uh, for them after Sherpa size in their home. And uh, they waited and waited and waited. And meanwhile, theirs and everybody else's investments went up three to four percent during the month of november mm-hmm. so uh you, you know it, it's just impossible to time and this was a, a unique situation of course to some degree but yeah they they cost themselves tens of thousands of dollars by trying to time things yeah you know and another thing i don't think a lot of us consider when we're discussing growth and growth opportunities with our advisors and it happens to a lot we forget about a little thing called inflation. Right. So inflation was kind of part of why 14 happened, because as there's some less concern about inflation going forward, that's going to be one of the catalysts to the the markets bouncing back. And, and, and this year has been good. It's been, been choppy, but profitable nonetheless. But yeah, if you think of it in the context, guys, of uh, GICs right now, right? So people are like, wow, I can make 5% of GICs. It's awesome. It's great. Phenomenal. Uh, and, and hey, if it makes your plan work, giddy up. That, that's great. But if costs are going up 8% and you're making 5% on your money, and if on top of that you're paying tax on, on the 5%, all you're doing is guaranteeing you're losing, right? So sometimes making 4% can be better than making 6 depending on inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this next one, reacting to the media, because I know we all do that. Sometimes you'll hear doom and gloom stories about the stock market, but it really isn't affecting your per- portfolio per se because you're in an area that they're not talking about. And it says here 73%. Uh, percent of the years the U.S. stock market has had positive returns since 1920, 73%. And there's so much in that statistic, um, how it's a, a safe play to be with the right person guiding you. Sure, and there's always something that's winning too, right? Uh, even in the other 27% of the, the mm-hmm. years and, and over time, uh, we know, we know you're gonna you're gonna win. I mean, Anchorman Dan could tell you if it bleeds, it leads, right? Mm, so money is sure no different. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's been proven that if the market is up two uh, percent, it'll go. 
well, the stock market had minor gains today. And then if it's down 1%, it was like, there was a bloodletting on the yeah, market yeah, yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, even just a phraseology of, of things. Uh, and, and we don't look past that. Why would we, right? But if you do kind of pay attention to that, the amplification of positive versus negative is appreciably different. So that can really shape us into making some wrong uh, thoughts, decisions, opinions, all that good stuff. And, and one of those relates to a previous uh, trying to time the market because you start to panic thinking, okay, well, I've got to, you know, move, start moving things around where, you know, part of that stat, you know, 73% of the time the market will be fine and you just need to leave your stuff in there and ride out the averages. Um, were we supposed to go to 11 or are we leaving it there? <laughs> well, it's your show. I mean, Listen, whatever man, you want. Well, but, I, we could well, do this all day, but uh, why don't we finish <laughs> off with not knowing your performance? And then the next couple of weeks, we've got the top 10, which would be very exciting. Well, as I mentioned before, I'm very excited because now I don't have to think of content for the next two times I'm on. So exactly, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. So not knowing your performance, uh, super, super important, of course, right? Uh, our industry finally, a number of years ago, started putting it on the year end statements. Uh, so people should have easy access to that. Uh, of course, we can find things online 24-7 nowadays as well, and most solid companies will provide that information there for you, uh, something you could get from your advisor. I think what's important, too, is you kind of, as, as a Paul Harvey friend or, or fan, sorry, a uh, little dated uh, reference, a guy who used to tell the rest of the story, mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you know, the rest of the story, too, is, um, you know, there's things you can follow like sharp ratios and upside downside capture. And uh, because at the end of the day, too, how much you're getting should be a function of, of how much risk you're taking or not taking or opportunity you're taking or not taking. So if things are good, how structured are you to take advantage of that? If things are bad, how, how structured are you to try to miss as much of that as possible? And you, you can quantify that. You can measure that. And uh, so uh, an X percent return with a lot of potential downside isn't the same as an X percent return with very little chance of downside. Always a pleasure, my friend. Good uh, discussion points. And people can, there's always little takeaways. And uh, I want to remind everyone that you can actually take this gentleman with you to your next uh, advisor's get-together. He would be happy to uh, join your team. The Retirement Sherpa and his group will guide you uh, through the uh, various uh, mountain passages that are your retirement financial needs. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Hope it warms up for you, my friend. Well, I hope it warms up for Fred and... Often I'm available for kids' birthdays and Christmas parties, but sadly not for the humble and fried Christmas thingy this year. Well, we're going to... Because I wanted to sit on your knee. Yes. Yeah, so we, we, we you were going to have all the kids come and get a, a special gift from Santa Tim. Oh, that's so disappointing. I might have to reconsider my plans there. I, um, well, I'm going to reach out uh, because we're going to have to reconfigure when we're going to get uh, an appearance in there because that's well, we're going that that is going to be a Wednesday so I'll talk, I'm going to reach out to you and Jay uh, later today see if we can't uh, get you on another day earlier okay sounds awesome looking forward to it all right thank you my and friend and enjoy your uh, travels Fred and enjoy your staying where you traveled uh, Howard I'm sorry say okay, where I've done what have fun boys have all fun. right thank you my friend <laughs> take care there's Tim uh, Niblett look at him 
as happy as can be. And, you know, he oh, should be. Yeah. He's got all his, his stuff together. Hey, um, I've, been, I've been looking at the forecast. It looks good where, like, where I'm going, like, but frost on the pumpkin. Jesus. I thought he was being euphemistic. I thought there was something else going on there. Yeah. Um, before we uh, move on, you're all up to date. I want to make mm-hmm. sure everyone gets another chance to listen to this. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And Dan Duran has rejoined us. Look at the snow behind that man. I know. I know not everyone has the visual, but Dan's in a room and he's in Stratford, and that's like wintry. Wintry, yes. Yeah. Winter. Did, wow. Didn't you get the same kind of winter going on in, in your Bramptons? No. Wow. Do you have any snow on the ground at all? A little tiny dusting. But I was supposed to go out to Kitchener to my mother-in-law's yesterday, and she phoned in a panic. Don't come. Don't come. There's a snowstorm raging. So it's out that way where Dan is. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, it is different. I mean, I've been to Stratford quite a, a bit. And even though it's close, it's still a few hours. And it's above, uh, it's into the snow belt. Mm. You know, I try to describe to people sometimes just uh, being north of Highway 7 in Toronto is a completely different ecosystem. Even just, like not, not way up north, but as soon as you get across that uh, line, it's definitely different. But... You know, Stratford is south of Toronto. Is it? If you draw, yes. Then why do they get more snow? I don't know. Maybe Lake Erie effect or something. I don't know. But it's down in the, what they call the, you know, southwestern Ontario. Okay. Thank you for that correction. I appreciate that. Well, you know, you've only been here 40 years. 34. Yeah. No, 34. Right. Look at a map. Mm -hmm. Did you know this? Did you know this Stratford was south of Toronto? Yeah, did you know that uh, this whole area is south of uh, Calgary and Edmonton, Moose Jaw? Oh, I did. I knew that Toronto was south. Did you know that Toronto was on the same latitude as Northern California? <clears throat> yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Did you know how many states are above um, Southern Ontario in America? Uh, no. One-fifth one of America is above us. One-fifth? One-fifth wow. of the United States exists north are of Ontario. Are they the good states or the bad states? Well, let me, that's a great... Thank you for that segue, Dan. I appreciate that. Here's some people in um, Oakland, California. At city council, um, for some reason, they took it upon themselves, strangely enough, to call for a ceasefire. Um, in the Middle East, I, I don't know how of the Oakland City Council... Got involved, but they did. <laughs> I just thought. I mean, part of it I'm going to play for it, is ludicrous. It's, it's like if you if, okay, you think okay, what are the people that aren't MAGA? Or maybe because you we usually think the people that aren't MAGA are pretty bright. And maybe some of these people I'm about to play for you, maybe they're in MAGA. But you just wonder, like, where did the Oakland City Council think that their effect on the outcome of the Middle East conflict? I don't know where they thought, but have a listen to this. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous. Rape- 
Just in case you missed that, that's a human being who thought Israel murdered their own people. I'll continue. Wow. Oh, yeah. ...and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. As an Arab, asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. The notion that this was a massacre of Jews is a fabricated narrative. Many of those killed on October 7th... Thank you, ma'am. Your time is up. ...including children were killed by the IDF. So these are people that think that it was a made-up thing, that they were killed... The children were killed by the Israelis, etc. Keep going, Howard. An amendment condemning Hamas is bald propaganda meant to... Thank you. Your time is up. To hear them complain about Hamas violence is like listening to a wife beater complain when his wife finally stands up and fights back. Question. Did anyone else notice that those who oppose this resolution are old white supremacists? Anyway, it goes on, and it's not a funny subject, but it is, I found, somewhat interesting, humorous, fascinating, whatever, that, uh, that there's a bunch of people now who think that. Like, all, you know, we were talking earlier with Stuart Reynolds about the speed of the Internet and how things become viral. How this notion became viral since October 7th, I think is one of the most fascinating aspects about it. I honestly, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just a, it's just an indication of where we're at. It's like it's those people, like you know, from when Hamas was elected, apparently as the government, have they not followed the history? Have they not, not followed at all. the motives? If like. How you so quickly turn on a dime and start actually some of those people were actually defending Hamas. You know, and, 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 and I know that's a narrative too. It's like, oh boy, look at the what the Israelis have done to Arabs and uh, Palestinians over the years. Why wouldn't something like Hamas be created to fight back? Yeah, on some level you you get there's a little inkling of it that you might go, well, I guess, you know, anybody could be forced into anything. But yeah. Jen, these people in Oakland, seriously? I mean, and if you look at the history of the region, not only thousands of years yeah. old, but also the history of the the region recently about more Palestinians have been murdered and killed by ISIS and all these Al Qaeda, then, 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 way more of them have been killed by that. But for some reason, we know the reason is everybody hates the Jews. So that is the reason that this this can get conflated into these mm-hmm. cockamamie. You know, back to your story about the hockey player, the poor kid. Mm-hmm. Somebody said um, the guy got fired because he was having sex with his mom. And I kind of want to say, well, okay, that's sad, but. Like, this is ridiculous. This is, that's like a, a, a blip compared to this nonsense. It's a lot, you know, I mean, yes, rumors get started, but how did this rumor get started that the rapes were made up or they were performing? Yeah, yeah, it's like, that, is that even a rumor? That's just a blatant untruth. Like, like that, 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 to me, that's propaganda. That. 
But these people who got up and spoke at this council meeting, these were just everyday Americans whose silo of information, we've talked about this, Dan, uh, back in the old days when we used to get stoned together and you would come to Toronto. Remember those times, Dan? I do, yes. Those are the days, yeah. We would talk about the silos of information that people are exposed to. Well, those people who spoke that night in Oakland... They believe that the, the the rapes were didn't never now this by the way this whole thing now is the rapes didn't happen that's just for some reason that's just put away I guarantee you that if it was rapes of Palestinian women they would be believed I don't know why I just believe that so yeah you know and it gets tiring trying to connect stuff to Trump but just look what he's done since 2015. 91 charges. He didn't do any of them. You know what I mean? He didn't rape that woman. He wasn't part of an insurrection. It's just you you throw stuff out there and you just know people are going to bite. Mm-hmm. They're going to nibble. And that's what I'm saying. That's I don't know who's organizing that, but they know it's untrue. It's propaganda to create a narrative to protect who, what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it, it it gives me this sort of sad feeling, like you know, that's where we're at. None, none of this is going to change going forward either. Everything up up is down, and down is up. Yeah, and and you'd think something as uh, provable and yeah. multi multimedia companies and even mm-hmm. Elon Musk was in Israel seeing the videos. It's all bullshit. To those people in Oakland and a lot of people around the world, it's all bullshit. Jews are occupiers. Again, I'm, and we haven't even discussed that. There's a, there's a fact after fact. Jews aren't occupying. It, it was never Palestinian. It was never a Palestine occupied land. Just go and look it up. It doesn't they matter cl- anymore. They claim all that stuff is bullshit because they want it to be bullshit. They know it isn't, but they just so want it to be bullshit to support their narrative, their position, anti-Israel, whatever. Again, it's like people that support Trump. You can throw all this stuff at them. They don't want that to be true. So in their minds, it's not true. Well, listen, we've got more work to do because uh, I realize that Dan Duran's news hasn't even had a chance to air itself out. Uh, Let it breathe. Let (laughs) it breathe. breathe. It's it's all pent up. (laughs) Dan... Dan Duran's news uh, in a up from Stratford, which is uh, I'm sorry, I miss I miss uh, I miss I was going to say misgendered it, misdirected it is actually south of Toronto, but still getting a good bit of snow. Here's the theme. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from uh, Stratford, some random kitchen And brought to you by Palma Pasta 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. Go to palmapasta.com. Palma Pasta, Italian tradition, simply delicious. And speaking of delicious, here he is, movie anchorman and all-around dandy fellow, 
Don DeRue. Thank you, Howard. Okay, let's do a little drug talk, shall we? Yes. First, some uh, real-world data shows that Lily, uh, Lily's, Lily is a drug company, by the way, Manjaro, I think that's the way you pronounce it, which is a lot like Ozempic, except apparently it's significantly better at weight loss than the Ozempic is. Mm. So there you go. So when you're looking for a weight loss drug, Ozempic may be uh, not for you. You can check for Lily's Manjaro with your doctor and figure out which one you like better. It's an interesting anyway. name, though, Mon- Manjaro, because manja is Italian for eat. So no. Manjaro, Manjaro, maybe that's some kind of subtle, like, stop Manjaroing everything. <laughs> maybe, maybe try doing a little less Manjaroing and fucking, you know, stuffing your face with every... Maybe jar, Jaro might be throw up. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Eat and throw up. Oh, that's fun. All right. Okay, here's another drug for you. If there was a drug that extended your dog's life, would you use it? Absolutely. Well, keep keep a needle ready for this drug dog, uh, dog drug, drug, dog drug. It's called uh, LOY001. It's okay. a San Francisco-based uh, biotech company announced that it's cleared the first of several hurdles needed for approval by the FDA. First time the FDA has uh, indicated any kind of willingness to endorse longevity drugs. Now, scientists have been interested in ways to slow the aging process. They've, uh, uh, on roundworms, edited two cell pathways to extend their lifespans by 500%. You know, you Roundworms? Roundworm okay. around. Yeah, let's get them going. Okay, and also earlier this year, scientists reported reversing signs of aging in mice. So now, LOI001 is an injection-based treatment that targets uh, a growth in metabolism hormone called IGF-1. And scientists have long been interested in ways of... Why didn't they call it IGF-1? Why confuse everyone with LOI001? Well, that's the hormone. The LOI001 is the uh, drug. Oh, is the name of the drug. And yeah. it's, okay. It's designed for healthy dogs over the age of seven and above 40 pounds and will be administered every three to six months by a veterinarian. Wait, the dog has to be cost. above... The dogs have to be above 40 pounds? Yeah, it's for d- uh, bigger dogs. Because, uh-huh. you know, bigger dogs don't live as long. Oh, I see, I see. Because Stan's only like 30 pounds, but I'd like to sneak some into the country and start jabbing his ass. <laughs> They're but also you'd, you'd have to worry about every you know for the more years of when you travel worrying about where you're going to put them and who's going to hold. I got a great situation. I've got such a great place for Stan. He loves it out there, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, LOI zero zero one. Not as good a name as Manjaro. True. They're also working on Daily Pill, and it's called LOI zero zero three. Snappy. (laughs) (laughs) Snappy. Uh, um, Well, we got to go soon. I want to remind, did you have something else there, Frederick? Yeah, I got got a story here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, back in the United States, things are going crazy. You notice, too, there's a lot more incidents on planes, people going crazy, whatever that's about. Well, I'm flying into Orlando tomorrow, flying out of Orlando on the weekend, or I guess, no, I guess they they were flying into Orlando, the plane lands. And um, this woman jumps up and says, I want to, I need off the plane. She wanted to get to the head of the line. And they said, no, no, you can't. She said, I have to go to the bathroom. They said, use the bathroom here. She said, no, no, I have to go. I want to go out to the bathroom out 
in the terminal. So they said, lady, like, just sit down. No, take your turn. So she stands up, drops her drawers, and pees right in the aisle, right in front of everybody. How about that? That's, that's, you know, that's, the, that? that's the greatest country in the world right there. That's, that's how they act there. She was this big, like, you know, typical American. Okay, you know what I'm saying. No, and, what do you uh, mean? Like, just, what do you mean typical American? <laughs> informed. Bright. Too many calories. Anyway, and oh. then just dropped dropped her stretchy pants, squatted, <laughs> ease in the aisle. Yeah. Like, can you honestly, you're there with your kids or what? Like, can yeah. you imagine? No, I can. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know how I would react to that. I might want to kick her right in the schnarch, but I, I don't know. Um, well, you wouldn't want to. How do you react to that? First of all, that's assault. <laughs> Secondly, you might hurt yourself. That's assault. I might hurt myself. I might lose my foot. Yeah. <laughs> can, or your Crocs. But when your Crocs <laughs> ever snoop. Hey, lady, can, can I, I get my, get my Croc, croc back? back? Um, I have a story tomorrow, yeah. which I will save, yeah. about uh, animals escaping airplanes. Oh, right. But I was thinking of you yeah. two yesterday, uh-huh. as I often do. I was doing my, uh, Dan, I have, uh, you know, three or four times a week while I've been here, I've been taking my Spanish classes before I was taking them once a week and then doing some homework on other days. But because I've got time, I've been doing them three or four times a week. And my assignment yesterday from my instructor was to, uh, here it is. He said, uh, what you should do. I had some homework to do with some verbs, which are fucking crazy maddening. You know, the weird thing about doing this stuff is I haven't had to do any of this stuff since school. And that's why I left school. <laughs> you know, that's why I left school, you know, without it being completed. Um, well, I do remember a guy that was, uh, you know, 10 feet deep in books to get his license since then. Too. Yeah, there's his that. pilot's license. I mean, yeah. don't sell yourself yeah. short. So when I'm motivated, I can study. So I was doing yes. my little studying yesterday. And, and it's he had me, he says this in English, describe how you make a Humble and Fred episode, <laughs> in, including your daily routine. <clears throat> so I, 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 what I did is I wrote it out the best I could. Mm-hmm. You know, with as many Spanish words that I knew, and I went to fill in some of the words I didn't know using Google Translate. Mm-hmm. So, what I want to show you, or what I'm going to play for you, <laughs> is I wrote this, all these words you're about to hear, I wrote. Okay. About how we produce a show. And it's only like a paragraph long, because that's all I could come up with. I mean, I, all the words I knew. Mm-hmm. But because I wrote it, on Google Translate, Google Translate can read it back for you. Because at first I thought it would be a funny bit if I read it back for you. But, my, you know, I, I could. And you go, oh, you speak Spanish. But I, I thought it would be better if the Google Translate lady does. And I think there's a part in there. I'm just hoping that you guys don't speak any Spanish. But I think there's a part in there that you'll recognize. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Yes. So this is a paragraph describing... I'll t- first of all, I'll tell you in English, I basically say, every day um, we produce the best podcast in the world. Um, we meet around 7.15, and the program starts at 7.30, and then I describe what happens on the program. Okay? So, so here it is. Todos los días yo y mi equipo oh, producir me, la mejor pod- Let me start it again, because it wasn't loud enough. Oh, no. Okay. I think I just fucked this up. Hold on, hold on. Okay, hold standing on. by. Do, 
Okay, here you go. Daniel, here you go. Todos los días yo y mi equipo producir la mejor podcast en la mundo. Nosotros tenemos una reunión a los siete y cuarto y comenzar la programa a siete y media. Yo y mi amigos Fred y Dan hablar sobre la noticia si Dan's grande pene. La program fina nueve y cuarto luego nosotros producar la archivo digital. Did you catch that part, Dan? No. I said, um, I said, yo y mi amigos Fred y Dan hablar sobre la noticias. We talk about the news. Y Dan's grande pene. Oh. <laughs> it was so fast I didn't pick up on that Yeah, that's why it's going to take me years to learn the language Because that speed is how fast they talk Right Before you, as you were launching into this I was going to uh, bark out um, How do you say, cock joking well, Spanish yeah. <laughs> now But you I know. had a feeling you were going there So I did not I did not That's right Yo y mi amigos, Fred y Dan Hablar sobre la noticias Y Dan's grande pene <laughs> And we're not talking pasta No, it's funny, I had to look up uh, penis Um And then I ended it with by saying, A la noche, me gusta gatier sobre mi novia. Which translates sort of literally to, I crawl on my girlfriend. Wow. And that's my day. You crawl on your girlfriend. Good. Well, I couldn't think of any other way to make, make it sort of polite. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, thanks demeaning. to, uh, pardon me, sir. That's rather demeaning, I would say. But, you mm. know. Why? Why is that demeaning? I crawl on my <laughs> Oh, I don't well, know why that might be demeaning. I don't, I don't know how else no to idea. put it. You know, I crawl around like a monkey. Um, okay, thanks to Brittle Star. Thanks to everyone involved. Um, we are when, gonna, you say crawl, uh, when you say crawl on my girlfriend in Spanish, does, yes. it, does, that, does it sound softer or something? Well, uh, uh, me gusta, me gusta gatier sobre mi novia. It sounds pretty nice. And the funny thing is... He talks about that like before the show on many occasions since he's been down there. He's told me how some of his moves have created some pain within his body. <laughs> That's right. He's bending, you know, muscles are moving a certain way they're not used to. And very sore. After a session, yeah. he's like, oh, geez, that hurt. I got to watch oh, that. Yeah, I got to mitigate. Was, that was a creative. Well, you know what it's like? It could you know, kill me. I still have some, uh, I still have visions that I'm, you know, a younger man. I can you know, run around. So some, mm -hmm. some old moves you bring back every not working well so then well. plus i haven't been using some of those moves dan in a while so you know got it yeah but i've you know what freddie since that first week here i've definitely uh you know got back into shape oh excellent whatever shape i'm in dan uh thanks for your help today brittle star thanks for yours uh appearance as always humble and fred's gift of christmas at kelsey's december 20th just uh, email us with the subject line Now, we said we'd only allow you and a guest, but you know what? We're not going to, if you have your family or whatever, we'll just, we'll make accommodations for you. And uh, into early December, we will now, I'll just, we'll just send confirmations to everybody. Okay. okay. Uh, any, right other, any other questions for tomorrow's email program? Mm -hmm. uh, not offhand. No. Mm -hmm. We have one that's interesting. What, I, the Islamophobia I, one? Yeah. Yeah. It, again, it's just the state of the world where you have to watch what you say because somebody's going to in, interpret it 
in in bizarre ways. Absolutely. And that'll be uh, one of the ones that will be featured tomorrow, yeah. brought to you by Palma Pasta. Now Dan Duran, everybody. We're going to hold over for the... Uh, for the animals on planes, right? Yeah, we're all, yeah, tomorrow we'll be talking about animals escaping aircrafts. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right. all right. Okay. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bulldog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read those emails. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Tell us what you think. Tell your friends. Subscribe to this podcast. Share the podcast. It all really helps us out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, don't pee in the aisle and enjoy every goddamn day. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?